Welcome to the Kotke Ride Home for July 14th, 2021. I'm Glenn Fleischman, in for Jackson Bird, who is on vacation. It's all Greek to me. Some new history about the old text lorem ipsum. Europa may hide its secrets more deeply than previously thought. And a man happily discovers 160 bowling balls under his house. Here are some of the cool things from the news today. It's almost certain you've come across the Latin-seeming text that starts lorem ipsum, sometimes appearing in places where actual sentences and paragraphs should be. If you read Latin, however, and, and note that I do not, the text turns out to be a mix of Latin sense and nonsense. This run of text has become a somewhat universal placeholder used because it has a cadence of letters and word lengths that make it an easy choice for temporarily filling space while creating designs in Latin characters used in English and most Western European languages. It's supposed to be replaced with actual text before printing or posting to the web. That doesn't always happen. The staff of Antigone, an online publication created to discuss the classics in context of the 21st century, received a letter from a reader that asked for an explanation of this text's origins, particularly the chopped up Latin that underlies it. Antigone recently published its reply with a detailed accounting of this familiar, distorted text that I found more compelling than many previous examinations. I was trained as a typesetter in the 1980s on phototypesetting equipment and began using a Mac with Aldous PageMaker 1.0 in 1985 for typesetting and page layout. Lorem Ipsum was in the air as PageMaker had built in a run of that text as filler. I've read over the years a few different descriptions of how Lorem Ipsum became the standard. But the Antigone explanation is the first I've seen that truly ties together the history of its use with a deep look at the particular Latin text used as source material. Richard McClintock, a Latin professor who spent his career working in a college publications office, is widely acknowledged as the person who identified the source of the lorem ipsum text. He said he found it in 1982 while looking through concordances for a specific Latin word that appears infrequently. A concordance is a summary of all words that appear in a work useful in paper books before we had databases. In 1994, McClintock wrote into the graphic design magazine Before and After, yes, wrote in, as on paper, and a magazine, as in a print edition, to refute the magazine's contention that lorem ipsum had no real meaning. He had tracked it down not just to a book, but a specific edition of a book. The lorem was a clue because the word had been clipped at the start of a page. He had found the matching text in a 1914 edition by Loeb Classical Library of Cicero's absolutely humdinger of a book, Definibus Bonorum et Malorum, written in 45 BCE. The title means, more or less, on the extreme points of good and evil, but in a looser manner, how to rank your top best and worst things in the world. You can see a scan of this edition of the book at the Internet Archive, and I've included a link in the show notes. Look at page 36 in the text, which is numbered as page 73 at the Internet Archive, and you will see that it starts with lorem ipsum and then descends into differences. Visit Antigone's article, also found in the show notes, in which they provide a translation of the beaten up Latin. For instance, the first line of the placeholder text reads, lorem ipsum dolar sit Atmet consectator adisipting elit sed do eosmud tempor insistent et labore e dolora magna aliqua, which they translate as row itself, let it be sorrow, let him love it, let him pursue it, ishing for its acquisitiemdom, and so failed upon at the tim of that wa, such that with some great hardship and anguish. The whole thing is a hoot. 
Y lorem, from which they translate uro, R-R-O-W, the word was split from the previous page. It's actually dolorum, or sorrow, which makes this particular text match so perfectly. But why is the text garbled? This goes back not to Cicero and 45 BCE, but to 1966 and Letraset, a company that invented dry transfer type around 1960. These were sheets of letters or symbols that had a kind of transferable solid pigment on the back. You would rub with a brayer on the front and the letter would transfer to paper. At this point, that was the only way to get typeset letters effectively on demand, a sort of weird precursor to desktop publishing. 1966 is significant because that's the year Letraset introduced sheets of placeholder text designed to mock up layouts, the lorem ipsum. You can see an example at the Antigone site, at the French site Hypotheses, and at Wikimedia Commons, all linked in the show notes. Antigone builds on McClintock's sourcing of the book. They suspect one of two things. Either a Letraset employee found a battered and cheap copy of the 1914 Cicero book, and then they created a mixed-up version of the text on that page in another. The other thought is that Letraset, being in London, may have gotten access to the original type used to set the 1914 book in that same city. I think that's unlikely. Type set in 1914 would either have been by hand or on a monotype hot metal system. It's unlikely it was hand set, but if it were, it would have been distributed. It was valuable, back for use in other books. If it were set in monotype hot metal, it would have been melted down after the edition was out of print or maybe before. Pages of book type are simply too massive to store for long periods of time. Now, you'll read elsewhere that the lorem ipsum text actually dates back as a placeholder for centuries. That's not true, but it also traces to McClintock. He asserted in his letter to Before and After, quote, What I find remarkable is that this text has been the industry's standard dummy text ever since some printer in the 1500s took a galley of type and scrambled it to make a type specimen book. It has survived not only four centuries of letter-by-letter resetting, but even the leap into electronic typesetting essentially unchanged, end quote. This is the official explanation on Microsoft's site and many other brief and lengthy investigations into Alorum Ipsum's origins. Antigone dismisses it with a wave, quote, there are any number of internet wiseacres to tell you that this filler text is half a millennium old, artfully knocked together by some crafty printer in the 1500s, not quite, end quote. Let's pause there for a moment and I'll be back with the rest of the story in the next segment. All right, let's come back to the Latin professor and publications professional Richard McClintock. He was not an early book specialist, and in 1982 or 1994, it was effectively impossible to search the corpuses of old books. Some limited digitizing had occurred, and databases were available by the mid-1990s, but it would have been impossible to survey books across centuries for a bit of text. He relied on concordances. It's now trivial, and no one has found an earlier citation than the 1960s. In 1994, McClintock said that he, quote, recalled having seen lorem ipsum in a book of early metal type samples, end quote. But those would likely have been from the 1800s in any case. In 2001, however, he told The Straight Dope for an article they published on the subject that, quote, he'd been unable to locate the old type sample in which he thought he'd seen lorem ipsum. I've spent a lot of time looking through 19th and 20th century specimen books online and some in person and have not encountered that text, though there are wonderful phrases invented to show off metal and wood type and how they could be used. Priceonomics noted you could use Google Books Ngram feature to find words that appear closely together, and the chart for lorem ipsum is pretty spectacular, a rise that starts in the late 1970s. 
There's one weird peak from 1911 to 1917, however. When you click through to examine those books, it's clear that some optical character recognition software substituted lorem ipsum dolar, etc., when it couldn't make a match in some cases, particularly against decorative borders. So the appearance in the 1910s in Google Books Ngram search is an artifact of the scanning and text recognition process. Finally, to finish up, placeholder text is also called dummy text, and it's a form of greeking or replacing real text with something that resembles it. In some design programs, you can set a greeking threshold so that below a certain type point size, instead of the computer rendering the type precisely, it shows greeked text or areas of varying density. Greeking, of course, comes from the phrase, it's all Greek to me, meaning someone can't understand what's being said. Now to draw the circle back to its origin, that phrase comes from Shakespeare's play, The Tragedy of Julius Caesar. Cassius, did Cicero say anything? Casca, aye, he spoke Greek. Cassius, to what effect? Casca, nay, and I'll tell you that, I'll ne'er look ye in the face again. But those that understood him smiled at one another and shook their heads. But for mine own part, it was Greek to me. Cicero. It always comes back to Cicero, who was brutally killed on the orders of Mark Antony in 43 BCE, just two years after writing his treatise on systems of good and evil. Yet, Obi-Wan-like, they struck him down and he became more powerful, or at least more omnipresent, than they could ever have imagined. As Priceonomics wrote about his life, for a long time, Cicero was everywhere, while he remains everywhere, in a weird and ironic fashion. Another time, I may tell you the story of a different accidental placeholder, Etowoen Shirtaloo. In his 1982 sequel to 2001 A Space Odyssey, Arthur C. Clarke has as a final message from the civilization that has just turned Jupiter into a new star. Sorry, spoilers, but the book is 40 years old. All these worlds are yours except Europa. Attempt no landing there. Clark was always ahead of his time, and all that was known in 1982 was that Europa was likely an ocean moon, a crust of water ice, and beneath that an ocean of liquid water containing potentially twice as much water as all the Earth's oceans combined. That's led to speculation that because of the moon's chemical composition, it might have the right conditions for life if there's some sort of heating source, even only at points within the ocean like the deep sea volcanic vents and underwater volcanoes on Earth. But because of the thick surface ice and the radiation given off by Jupiter, it's impossible so far to detect telltale signs. A new paper led by Emily Costello, a postdoctoral researcher at the Hawaii Institute of Geophysics and Planetology, notes, quote, because Europa's orbit is within Jupiter's magnetosphere, chemical biosignatures that are exposed to space may be destroyed by high-energy electron radiation, end quote. The paper doesn't dig into how to obtain samples, but rather analyzes a potential problem and offers a solution. The paper's title is Impact Gardening on Europa and Repercussions for Possible Biosignatures. Gardening is the churn of micro-impacts on the upper surfaces of airless celestial bodies that act like a rototiller. Scientists had thought that plumes of water vapor believed to be released by Europa due to pressure and cracks would likely contain organic molecules if they were present in the ocean below. Some of that material would be released into space or exposed to space on the surface of Europa, but a remnant might remain centimeters below, allowing a Europa lander or rover to detect it. This paper suggests that while that could be true, 
gardening poses a problem. Performing modeling based on information gathered from the lunar surface, our moon, another airless body that's constantly being struck by stuff in space, the researchers concluded that the top 30 centimeters of Europa, about a foot, could have been churned so effectively over several tens of millions of years that all organic traces would have been exposed to radiation. A spacecraft that could drill down a foot through solid ice is a different proposition from one that could drill a couple of inches. However, the paper suggests surface landslides in mid to high latitudes and fresh impact craters are excellent places to find less gardening and suggests that upcoming probes could look for such sites for future surface missions. Two probes will be swinging by Europa in the 2020s, the Jupiter Icy Worlds Explorer, JUICE, created by the European Space Agency and NASA's Europa Clipper. Let's hope we don't get a text message from an entity before then. What would you do if you found 160 bowling balls buried under your house? You think you might never be presented with this question, but one Michigan man recently had to answer it while renovating his back stairs. It's not so much a feel-good story, but a feel-weird one. David Olson had started demolition at his house of his back stairs, which were starting to lead into the foundation. He spotted a few bowling balls peeking out and ultimately uncovered 50 bowling balls. He continued excavating, and his count went up to 120, then 158, then finally 160. He believes there are plenty more. The bowling balls formed a significant part of the support under a concrete slab deck. The balls had deep grooves cut into them, seemingly making them unfit for use, and were stamped Brunswick, and the Brunswick Bowling Products Company is still in operation. He contacted the firm, worried about toxicity, and they assured him the bowling balls were inert and safe and had been manufactured in the 1950s based on their serial numbers. Some former employees of the plant also got in touch with him and said they used to take rejected balls home to use as fill instead of gravel and sand. That explains the grooves. I saw one tweet refer to Olson as the man best suited to find 160 bowling balls. He noted on Facebook, quote, I am planning to upcycle these babies and let their beauty and strength be shown to the world, end quote. Inspirational. And he told the Detroit News that, quote, he plans to use the balls as edging for his landscape or to make sculptures. He also donated eight balls for a nearby church to use in a bowling ball cannon at a pig roast. He will also be giving some to his stepfather, who plans to use them as custom furniture legs, end quote. Olson's story is part of a long-running category of slightly perplexing human interest stories that newspapers love because they are weird and wholesome. As listeners to the past couple shows know, I love printing history and a kind of printing mold made from wood pulp known as a flong had billions of sheets used in newspaper production over several decades. It hasn't been used really since the last newspapers converted to modern printing in the 1980s. Flong is a thick cardboard-like substance, and most of it was discarded or burned. People keep discovering it in their homes, however. The most prominent story is a news report from a decade ago in Spokane, Washington, in which the homeowners took down siding to replace it and found their house was covered in old flongs from the local newspaper. It makes sense. Wood pulp is good insulation, and when I had my house insulated, they sprayed in a specially treated form of wood pulp. And I've been in touch with two other people who had rooms in a house they rented or bought covered in flongs too. Because we live in 2021, David Olson has started a GoFundMe to pay for the continued excavation of finding potentially more bowling balls and the cost of replacing his deck. His appeal starts with, quote, hello, my name is Bowling Ball Man, formerly known as David Olson. I'm starting a GoFundMe to raise funds to pay for the replacement of my patio and to build a new deck, end quote. However, even though this story went viral at this recording, Olson has raised just $25 of $15,000 total 
That's not even a split. And that's all the good news today. The show is produced by Ride Home Media and Kotke.org. I'm Glenn Fleischman. You can find me and respond to these stories or suggest others on Twitter at Glenn F. That's G-L-E-N-N-F like Frank. I'll be back tomorrow and Friday and then all of next week. Jackson is enjoying his vacation. Etowan, Shirtaloo, Nihil, Hick, Dest. <laughs>